Welcome to the Impact Wellness Podcast, a place to be for ambitious and driven women who dare to fail to raise again. It brings you brilliant minds with the knowledge and passion for helping you discover your feminine inner success code that has the potential to reset and redefine your physical, mental and emotional health and well-being. Our conversations are profound, transformational and purposeful. Listen to our next episode. James Fries is the most experienced dating expert in the UK. He has helped hundreds of thousands of singles and he is the only relationship expert and dating coach who actually works in the dating industry each and every day. People often describe him as the UK's version of him. James has 14 years experience in the UK's dating industry, working for over 50 different dating companies. He regularly writes and provides dating articles, tips and dating advice for many magazines, TV shows and newspapers. Hello James, it's my pleasure to have you. Uh, as my podcast with you, this podcast has been taking a while to arrange everything, but finally we are here and we have a very important uh, topic um, of our conversation, holistic partnerships. And um, yes, amazing to have you here, James. Thank you for inviting me. I know it's taking a while, but I'm here now and I'm excited to talk to you. Yes, I think those, those relationships that are um that we work for a while they are very meaningful right and i know that we put lots of energy to make things happen and uh somehow maybe that is related to our conversation about uh, creating a lasting um longevity of uh, healthy partnerships so there is something around that right <laughs> james how and why did you start this relationship coaching path because you are very you know, you are a UK well-known relationship coach. I am. I'm very lucky to have this job and I've been doing it for 17 years now. But the, the short version of the story is about 17 years ago. I used to be an actor and I really enjoyed acting, but it didn't always pay a lot of money. So I helped out at singles events. In fact, I gate crashed a big singles event to start with. I put on the T-shirt, pretended to work there, acted like a host, loved it. And I thought this is a great way to get extra money and to help people. And my skills were very transferable from acting, confidence, body language, flirting, all these things. And I was doing lots of dating at the time as well, so it worked out quite well. Lots of opportunities. But then I met my wife and I wasn't allowed to go on any more dates. But people started paying me at these events to teach them all the things that I'd learned myself. And over the years it has grown and is absolutely massive at the moment because everyone wants to find love more than ever, especially after the pandemic. So here I am now. That's the short version. Yes, beautiful. And you're right. Relationships, partnerships are very important part of our human existence, right? Yes. Everywhere you go, somehow you are creating relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, then you're creating some form of deeper connection, which is a, a partnership. And uh, I do feel that um, as health, as relationships or partnership we taking things for granted and we think that oh there is actually easy way there but you have to somehow work on it in a smart and intelligent way to make this uh health uh, sorry to make this uh partnership uh, a, a thriving relationship as bring you like a joy and some form of success right you do it's like watering a plant if you don't water the relationships water the plants then they're going to die and you end up being very lonely. You have to keep putting effort into this all the time. And people at the moment are very, very lonely. And loneliness comes because the, the worse it gets, the less friends you have, the less people to talk to, the more out of practice you become, the less dates you're going to go on and the less confident you feel. So you have to keep nurturing them because everywhere, your relationship with the postman, with the person in the supermarket, with the bus driver, they're all important parts of your life. But they build upon that. Every stranger that you've ever met is someone that you have just said hello to at some point. Every person you've ever dated, the same thing. We have to start these communications. But people are nervous about this and they're scared and they're not sure what to do. But absolutely, it's always a work in progress. And when you're with someone, you have to work harder than ever. Because the more things you learn about each other, the more you're going to bond. 
but you have to realize that nobody's perfect friendships or relationships of any sort and you have to keep working at it and you have to realize you'll see people at their good times and you'll see them at the worst times but you have to keep understanding and always growing and spending time invested in that yes beautiful why do you think people are afraid of going into relationships into partnerships and creating something meaningful and special why is that people are afraid to be vulnerable at the moment maybe they've been hurt in the past had some trauma had some bad experience with people before and they're not sure what to do no, no one wants to be rejected in life even the most confident outgoing people the celebrities that i work with they don't want to be rejected or told they're not good enough or feel someone's not attracted to them or wants to spend time with them and it's a fear and what happens is we end up building a wall around ourselves that protects us from being hurt and from being vulnerable but that wall that's stopping us from being hurt stops someone getting closer to us at the same time and the other problem is people just aren't sure how to go about meeting new people nowadays they're not sure what do they do if they want to make a, a friend where do they go to a social group do they go onto a dating app people are overwhelmed with choices and not sure what to do but overall it's just a fear that they're going to be rejected by somebody because that's what's happened to them in the past or they think they, they're going to be treated in the same way but i have to say as a coach you can't base your future based on your past because you're in charge now. You can do whatever you want now to change that. That's why working with a coach like us can make a big difference for that. Yes, it's uh, something similar as um, I mentioned uh, when we had our conversation for uh, Love Machine podcast uh, that you cannot just enter with this garbage from your past yes. into a new relationship. But as you mentioned also at the start, you have to work on it right? And yes, you have to become vulnerable. But how can we then bring this vulnerability into the relationship? How can we bypass this fear? <laughs> the secret is to take it slowly. That's what I say. Mm. There is no rush to do anything. There's no rush to trust anybody immediately. You don't know them. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt to start with. But we have to do it slowly in, in our own terms. But we have to start somewhere. If you want to let that wall down, do it one brick at a time and the right person will be willing to do that. But really, you have to work out what you want as well, because if you don't know what you want, the sort of person you want to be friends with or want to want to date, then how do you know when you meet them if they're the right person for you? You've got to have a clear goal right from the start. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And I think this is what I also mentioned last time this, when I was talking about visualizations, you mm -hmm. kind of. Um, need to know a little bit more your, uh, yourself you work on yourself a little bit and then you kind of okay this will work with me this is not going to work with me but I think um, we we are not very connected to our values we think that we know what our values are but when then comes to decisions making uh, around partnership we are like uh, what do I really want and then is lack of clarity and the program begins right and we made um, uh, unintentionally entering into the uh, partnership that we really don't want. That's so true. I always start, when people start working with me, I do a worksheet. And on this worksheet, number one is values. What are your values? What's the most important thing to you? And people don't think about their values in day-to-day -day life. They don't really understand this, do they? They think, well, I'm going to Google it and find out some examples of values. But that can help. And you realize what's important to you. Maybe you, what's important to you is, is family. Maybe it is, it is prosperity, whatever it might be, your values, things you look for in life. And the next thing beyond that, I always ask them to think about their, their life goals. What do they want in the long term? Do they want to stay where they are now? Do they want to move to the country, move to another country? Uh, do they want to have a baby? Do they want to stay working where they are now? Because if someone that they're dating or meeting doesn't want these things, they're not a good fit either. And then you've got to think about other things, as well as all the long list of people present me that they want in a partner. I think we mentioned, I mentioned this ourselves, this long list of all the ideal things they want. What do you bring to the table? What makes you special? Mm -hmm. And I love this exercise with my clients because they always give me exactly the same answers over and over again. They want somebody kind, they want somebody loyal, they want someone interesting, all the same thing. It's written down on a notepad I've got here because I show people, tell me all the things that you're, you bring to the table, Oh, okay, I'm on all these things, but so is everybody else. What makes you special? You have to understand your own value and know what you bring to the table. And that way you have more confidence and you stop putting men and women on pedestals and think you're not good enough for them or they're going to hurt you because you realise they're lucky to be with me. These are all the wonderful things. And this list is so important. Yes, it's beautiful because you're talking about uniqueness of who we are. 
and I think uh, you you 100% spot on. We don't um, think that we make decisions based on our values because we are living in so automatic mode. And um, obviously the social media and uh, all of this does not help. There is like, there is a, so many positive of that, but we know that the culture of people who use social media are often living in anxiety of how do they see themselves. That's why all these uh, funky apps when they can change the, the shape of nose, they change the color of eyes. So uh, I think we have to more embrace uh, our authenticity and um, how we want, how we see ourselves. And then it's going to be less problem how someone see, um, how someone see us, right? So we're going to less struggle with that. It's true. There are so many filters people use now for life and on these apps as well, on social media. People only present the best things they possibly can in a really good way. Here's me with the best lighting, having the best meal in the best place. Not me having a cup of tea, watching television and watching Netflix in the afternoon. That's not what you put on social media because you're trying to impress other people all the time. You should not spend your life trying to impress other people. You should spend your life trying to impress yourself. Do things for you, things that you want to do. Have your bucket list, have all these life goals because life is so short. You don't need a partner to do these things with. You're enough on your own. A partner, a partner is, a ban uh, is a bonus to this further down the line, but you have to do these things yourself. Spend your life for you. If you want to sit there, chilling out in your underpants, watching TV for a couple of hours, do it. If you want to have a nice bath, go for a walk, do it. But don't try and put that on social media to get validation from other people. You don't need that. This is what it's all about. It's about having enough self-confidence and self-belief that you don't need to do this. Social media plays its role in life. We have to do this to attract customers, don't we, for what we have to do. We have to do it because we want to connect with our friends. But then most people use social media to connect with their relationships with, with their friends and family who they never see in real life. How many people do we have on LinkedIn? We never actually met them in real life. How many people on Facebook have we lost touch with? How many people on Instagram of just our followers that we never even have a conversation with? They are meaningless. You have to really explore and build upon the people and the relationships that are most important to you now. Who would you really miss? Who would you really want to impress? Who would you really want to show your pictures to if you knew that in a year they wouldn't be around? Is that a question for me? <laughs> yeah, it's a question for anyone listening. For, for everyone, yes. But it's to you as well. Do you, do you yes. see my point? Yes, 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 I do. And I, and I think it's... Um, uh, with the social media, right? I think it's good that we're touching this topic because it's the little bit uh, love-hate relationship, right? Mm. We know that it's existing and I think we have to make uh, our life around it. And as you said, it's helping us to connect with people, spreading our message. It's somehow during COVID time was helping people to maintain the connection. Mm -hmm. But then, yes, uh, we have to come out of this as we are. So then, you know, with, with all this... Uh, negative traits of our characters and our being and embrace them because i do uh, do think that in any relationship you have to enter authentic because that's what you said right uh, then you're ticking on this uh, apps i want 180 meters black hair red uh, i don't know blue eyes and you know uh, blonde and you know whatever and that's that is cool. It's a physical manifestation of what we all want. But then everything else is important because, as you said at the start, relationship uh, or partnership is a hard work. You have to, it's about giving and taking. But ultimately, what I also love that you stressed out is about you in all of this uh, situation. And I believe better you are with yourself, better partnership is going to be. Absolutely. You have to know this. You have to know yourself and know what you really want. You mentioned now about these people put the filters on the apps for all these certain heights and types and things. But it's like going on there thinking, well, I want this supermodel or I want George Clooney or I want these amazing people. Why would they want to date you? And it leads to disappointment. If you don't know yourself, know what you, your values are and all these things we talked about, then how can you expect someone to really be attracted to you for the right things? But the biggest thing you can have is self-confidence, self-awareness and self-love. That is the most sexy thing you can have of all. You just don't care what people think about you anymore. And they will be thinking, who is this person? They walk into a room, they've got this energy. And that's what it is. We all need to have that energy. And we might touch yes. upon that in my podcast a little bit as well. With, with yes, yes. Yeah, we did. It's, yes, it's, it's, exactly. It's, it's important. You've got to have that because people can just, just sense it. But people are, are fearful 
of all these different things. And they don't need to be. What do they really fear for love? <coughs> because the next person they speak to, the next person they swipe with on the app could be the one. But don't look at superficial things. Height is one of the most common things people filter on. Women filter on, on these things. Men will filter on, on body type. But some of these apps nowadays don't allow you to swipe or base or filter on body type or ethnicity or these sort of things. Tinder, for example, which I don't really, really like. The other apps are available, of course. I think all you can search on there is age and location. That's it. And is age really so important? Is location really so important? Why are they the two most important things? The more filters you put in, the more chance you have of having less matches presented to you and the less chance of finding someone that's going to like you for who you really are. Beautiful. Let's touch a little bit about uh, self-love, self-confidence and uh, self-belief, you said. How can we develop that partnership, self-love, self-belief and self-confidence? What are kind of, how have we, how, you know, I want to enter in a relationship and all of those things does not exist. How I could leave this up, level up, nourish this so there is some sparkle of those threads. There's various things you can do. One of my favorite ones is a gratitude list where you write down all the things in life that you're grateful for. Maybe you're grateful because you've got a nice house, you've got a good job, you've got a cat, you're in good health, you're going on holiday next week. All these things can be written down on the gratitude list. It makes you realize that you have so much going on that you don't even think about. It's like breathing. We just accept things and take them for granted. Every little thing we've got, our flexibility, our freedom, our money, our threat, we can have food in our fridge. We take it for granted. If it wasn't there, we'd miss it. But until it goes away, or until we become unhealthy, we don't realize how healthy and lucky we are to have that. And if you know all these things that you're grateful for, you become a more appreciative and it's a state of mind. I believe in the law of attraction. Whatever you're thinking about and you do in life, you're gonna attract back to you. So you've got to think positively. You've got to act positively as best as you can because no one's perfect. We all have bad days. If you try to live a good life and try and do things for other people, live your life with kindness, then you will attract kindness and you will attract good things back because then you'll be happy. If you live a life you're miserable and you are feeling depressed all the time and no one's gonna ever want me, that's what's gonna happen. Because you won't put yourself in those situations where you're gonna be putting yourself at risk. So you have to take one step at a time, like I said before, write down all the things you're grateful for, all the things you have to look forward to as well in life. Maybe you've got holidays, Christmas, all these things, whatever's coming up that you can look forward to, to make you happy. And then reach out to a friend and spend time with a friend you haven't seen for a while. It's a good thing to do right now. Find someone on your phone, on your Facebook list you haven't spoken to for a couple of years. Reach out and just have a coffee with them or just have a phone call. And you'll realise what they liked about you. And this helps on the self-care. But self-care isn't just about having nice baths or just having a massage every now and again. People think that's what it is. It's about you, understanding you and saying, do you know what? I'm not perfect. I accept myself for who I am. And that's what self-love really is, isn't it? It's realising that we are who we are. We are made in whatever shape that we are made in. We can't really change that quickly. You have to love it and think, what, what do people like about me? What do I have to offer? What do I have to look forward to? If you, well, I think with dating, I always say to people, you have to be the best version of yourself. But that's easier said than done. If you live a very boring life where you don't like yourself very much and don't go out anywhere, then what's exciting about that? Go and live an exciting, wonderful, fun life. Go out there, try a new hobby, do a new class, book a holiday, go for a walk, do something new that you haven't normally done. Make your life more interesting. And the more interesting your life is, the more you think, do you know what? I'm quite happy here. What do you think to that? No, I, I'm listening and I agree everything what you're saying. And um, yeah. a question that is coming uh, to me is, how is different um, from 17 years ago when you have started yes. to now? How, what is the transition over those periods of time that we went through in creation of relationship, in maintaining the relationships, you know? What is that? It's very actually interesting. A lot has changed in the last 17 years. 17 years ago, dating apps were quite popular. They were not dating apps, sorry, dating sites were starting to boom. We had Match.com, eHarmony, sites like that were quite popular. And people didn't really like using them. There was somewhat of a taboo about them at the time. People were embarrassed to say they met your partner online by doing that. And over the years, people were using them more and more. And then dating apps came along and dating apps shortcutted the whole process. And what they did, they were free to start with. So people were using them. They became more about short-term connections. You could judge somebody based on a picture and two lines of text, which is good and it's bad at the same time. So it allowed more people to connect because more people started using them. It became cooler to use these apps. More and more apps sprang up. 
But then what happened is everyone thought, okay, I want something more meaningful than this. What do I do now? I feel a bit stuck. And they think, okay, I need to get a dating coach in to help me do this and work out what I really want. Events were quite popular five or six years ago. But then what happened is people got tired of going to singles events. They got tired of speed dating. The novelty wore off. Because 17 years ago, a lot of us met through family and friends as well and from social groups. But now, in the last sort of five years or so, people are working remotely. People are working from home. They work too much. They're not seeing people. And even now, it's a, it's a struggle. Events aren't running the same way they used to. But what happened about three or well, two and a half years ago was the pandemic. And that changed everything dramatically. It was the biggest change, the biggest bump that I've seen in what I'm doing. Because people didn't want to use the apps anymore. Because what's the point in doing that if you can't meet somebody? People didn't meet people through work. People became very lonely. A lot of people ended relationships they weren't happy with. Because why do they want to spend time being locked up or bubbled up with someone who's the wrong person for them? And then they thought, okay, I'm now thinking much more seriously when we get out of this about what I really want in a partner. And now as we come towards the end of it, hopefully, at least for now, several things have changed again. Everyone's using the apps reluctantly. But they don't want to use them. Everyone hates using the apps. Every single person I speak to tells me that. And it's difficult. And what's happening is people are so much more serious now. It's about quality rather than quantity. Because before you go on the apps, go on the dating sites, there's something called the paradox of choice. The more choice you have, the harder it is to make a decision based on someone that could match for you. The grass is always greener. But now they're thinking, I'm not going to settle anymore. I'm not going to just spend my time wasting swipe, swipe, swipe for no reason, going out on dates for no reason. So now what they're doing, they are turning more than ever to dating coaches like me and to dating agencies. This is high-end matchmaking agencies who charge a lot of money to shortcut the process. And these agencies have absolutely boomed in the last two years. And I've seen a trend going through the roof now. And I'm lucky that I'm a coach of many of these agencies, so I get lots of business coming to me. But the trend now, right at the end after 17 years, is people are looking for love much more seriously than ever before. And they really want to do it, but they're more confused. Because we have less disposable income. We have less free time. We're not commuting as much, but maybe we aren't going to go into where we normally went to meet people. We're not going out as much. And our friends who already used to be our friends 17 years ago might be married off now with kids who aren't part of our social circle anymore. So everything's done virtually online. There's virtual events. You mentioned about the pandemic, people using Zoom dating. Zoom dating and doing internet dating over the phone, and over here, there's no point doing it over the camera. There's no eye contact. You can't have that connection. But it was not it was necessary evil at the time. We had to do that. But now people want real life encounters, but they want to make it and make sure it's with the right person. There is uh, something, uh, James, about this one-to-one uh, -one connection uh, in in the same like for me in a practice. <clears throat> mm. I go. I practice a lot now uh, online, uh, but um, I think I'm going to expose myself back to uh, being in a clinical settings. And um, I think we have now choices. That is good stuff. If we cannot reach a coach one on one or whatever, there is now no excuse. Right, I cannot travel. I cannot commute. There is an op option and op an opportunity to have someone supporting your uh, partnership online, right? And that is a, a great stuff. But I think also listening you, uh, I see that's why I said there is so many similarities between health and partnerships because I think those two we were taking for granted. Just people were around yes. us. We had health. And then suddenly pandemic happened. We couldn't uh, participate in events. We couldn't see friends. We couldn't see family. We couldn't create. Uh, um, I know I had a, a client of mine and she was so upset because she would have to travel to her partner. Then she couldn't travel. Then she could travel. And I think we started to, we awake. And I see the same is with health. We awake. This is not something you just get it at uh, when you are very young and you're born and you're baby and you have the number 10 on that scale when they are assessing your health and then you're going to be with this forever. No, if you're not going to keep working on it and um, you just this is going to deteriorate and it's exactly the same with uh, partnerships. And I, I, I am not a, a dating coach or a relationship coach. But still, when I see uh, customers in my clinic, female customers, as I mentioned as well, there is a correlation between health and relationships. And often in those type A female personalities um, of female like entrepreneur, when they're putting so much attention on business and on their career, the relationship is like 
crumbling down until you see, okay, I have to divorce or, you know, there are toxic relationships that I'm going to speak with you in a few moments. But that was my case when I would be working like crazy just after I married my husband in 2009, he would be working, I would be working. And then, you know what, after a few months, we're like, oh, we don't really know each other. We need, and I said, if that is not going to change, we're going to divorce, right? And that wasn't the case. I really married the person I wanted, but because we started to take things for granted, but we have to work on it. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to give up certain things like maybe money and business, right? Or reduce a little bit of time of attention to bring it. And that is how coaching work, right? You put in 10 on business, you're going to have zero in partnership, right? Uh, life works like that. It is all a balance, really. And many people come to me because they have spent all their lives on their business, on their career. And they're very, very proud of that. And they're high achievers. But they've done it at the expense of their own relationships, of their own families. They let people go. They haven't spent enough time with people that they care about. And they haven't done enough dating all rounds. And they come to me and they're very much used to being in the work mode, like you just said, really, 10 on business, 10 on career, and don't know how to interact anymore. They've forgotten what to do, how to be softer, how to be gentler when it comes to these relationships. They're not there to be dominant and be in control or be alpha. So it, obviously we mentioned that yesterday as well, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's generally, this happens a lot. People, very strong women and very strong men don't know how to interact, don't know how to flirt and be free and be vulnerable anymore. So it comes, but that's why we're lucky we can help people particularly as, as, as coaches, we can find out what's going on wrong with them and put the plan together to make sure they can change and have more balance in life. Maybe it's from diet, exercise or relationships or just getting out and doing things that you want to do. Because life is not all about how much money you can amass in the bank. Particularly, who are you going to leave it to? If you don't have a family, a partner or kids, then what is the point of that? It's just you trying to work too hard to impress other people due to your status. And status is completely irrelevant to anything. People go out there, they buy, buy themselves sports cars. And they buy themselves these things, not for themselves, because they feel good in them. They do them to go impress other people. I'll get all these women if I get this wonderful sports car. I'll impress all my friends how well I'm doing at business. Do it. It's irrelevant. You can walk into the, a room with a T-shirt and jeans on. And if you look the right part and you've got the inner confidence, it's exactly the same effect. Yes, exactly. Uh, it is just you are uh, walking as you, that raw material, that authentic being, as you said. And um, I, I do think that my relationship with uh, my, uh, my husband is really, like I told you, I have still butterflies, right? After so many years. But I think because we built that relationship without this outside stuff. Yes. We didn't have an opportunity to have it. And, um, and that's what I told the last time my husband, we're walking, you know, we're trying to build our, our business, more exposure and uh, being a female entrepreneur, being a mother at the same time, um, you know, coming with all these limitations in my head from Eastern European country, right? That's what I'm shifting everything. Uh, but um, then you, then I told him, we went so much uh, through so many things in the last three, four years, life events. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, if we were building our relationship um, with this additional stuff that now we would have to cut down I think we wouldn't be together because like that we really know each other you know what I mean there is like a pure um, pure connection right and I think that is from my experience when I worked uh, with uh, you know this the people who just buy the cars and this expensive box and there is a place for it and it's don't tell me wrong there's nothing wrong with this right no, no. but then it's the same like with health this is just um, that superficial thing right and we have to unfortunately this is human being their emotions and as you said there is nothing to do with if i have this car or this bag or i don't have it right mm -hmm. so i don't want to sound uh, negative about this right but that is the truth it is. And something that can change these relationships is when you have children. Did you find things became more difficult? Because then your focus isn't on each other. It's on the child, isn't it? That's what I found in my, because I've got mm. two children. And because yeah. they become the number one priority in life. And that can be hard because things have to change. But again, these are new relationships coming into your life. And you learn to love them. And that's what happens then. 
really but it's difficult isn't it that that's why i i said james that if our uh, before i uh, got uh, we got my daughter we were i think around eight nine years together and uh, i don't regret any single day of being just me and my husband and not once i would be pushed oh why are you so late you 35 you 36 you 37 right and you and i said listen that is so important time for me so now when we have uh, my daughter i'm easier to dedicate time for her because we had so amazing time so that is again uh, don't force it and i think you mentioned this at the start do things slowly so you actually come in with joy uh, into yeah. that relationship and you're very aware and self-conscious of uh, conversations you're having with a person. It's true. No one teaches us how to have good relationships or how to be a good parent. We are learning this. We are winging it every single day, what we're doing. I am by no means the best father. My kids say I'm best daddy ever. They tell me that all the time, but that's lovely. I probably condition them to say that to me, but it's true. I'm, I'm a good dad, definitely. I do all the right things, but I get irritated. I'm not always there. I'm working a lot. They like to come in my office when I'm on the, on the on the computer or on the telephone. And I said, go away. I don't like doing that, but it's balance. It's not I'm a bad person. We're all learning. We're all doing our best. That is all we're trying to do in life, do our best. As long as you try your best and live every day for the people that are with you, that's what's going to happen. I had to write something this morning for a journalist. It was questions you should ask on a first date. And one of these things I put in this was, what would you most like to be remembered for when, when you pass over? Do you want to be remembered for someone that had a long career or someone that had a good family? It's your legacy that carries on, isn't it? And how you were treated other people. And I like to believe I made a difference in people's lives, not just my own family, but people that I've helped over the years. I've got them into relationships. And you're the same, aren't you? You help people change their lives and there's nothing more rewarding. And that's what I'd like to be remembered for. I'm going to ask you that question now. What would you like to be remembered for? I think really is is the same as you said, uh, that part of giving away uh, my legacy, um, because I do my job because of my passion, right? It Me just too. happened to be that uh, is my job. And that is amazing because we are spending so many hours doing our job. So it's just, I feel lucky about it. But I think also um, uh, as a young, young female entrepreneur, I'm taking young because it's a, new uh, career for me right I just transitioned from being self-employed I'm this little bit different uh, even I'm still running my company myself and together with my husband but I have that mission and vision for me to um, uh, support my daughter to being uh, even more powerful female entrepreneur so she can speak for herself and she can be that independent in her own relationship so she knows her value so, uh, she knows what she wants but I think that is going to help her, in my feeling, to create this powerful, meaningful relationships. Because um, I always tell my husband, I didn't marry you for money. I married you because I can go and earn money myself. But I married you because uh, I feel you are just my second part. And I love to sit on your, on your thighs. Uh, you know, I can love to talk to you. I know that you are there, right? So for me, it was important. Why did I... Uh, choose him uh, but coming back to your question is to bring in that thing uh, forward and empower more women to kind of you know on the brackets take control of their life as you said being the best version of yourselves and I think when we're going to feel better about us the relationship is just going to be easier to find a true relationship why I authentically enter into this uh, relationship so yes, that would be mine. That's a great answer. I'd like to say that your daughter's got a very good role model here because she can look oh, up to you. Oh, thank you, you James. And, and your husband as well, because you're very, you're going to be very lucky to have you. And this is why the, it's so important that you do choose a good partner in your life to support you. All these things that you're talking about, because so many people do choose the wrong person. They settle for the wrong person, thinking they're going to change them, and it never mm -hmm. works out. Unmet expectations, and you have to experiment and find out what you want really before you can just commit to one person but you have to know about this. But choosing the wrong person is the biggest waste of your life as well, isn't it? The wrong relationships. Because if that hadn't, if you'd have been with the wrong person, you wouldn't have your daughter and she wouldn't know any of this. So that's another thing as well. You look back on your life and I had this conversation with my brother once a week because we go meet, have business meetings by my pond up near my, in my village. And we always say that 
you can't look back on your life and regret the choices you've made in terms of relationships or jobs or activities, things that you did. Because everything that's happened in such a way has molded you to where you are today. So you, with your daughter, your own business, and me and my, my two kids and my house in the village, wonderful. If that wouldn't change a thing about any of this. So there's no point looking back having regrets, saying, I wish I hadn't dated him, wish I hadn't spent time with that person, wish I hadn't gone to that place and done the wrong thing. Regrets, life's too short for that. It's made you who you are now, right to this moment. And even now, it doesn't define you. Your decisions don't define you, they just help. Your future is what's coming next. Every step and every decision you make today, it's not too late to, to find somebody or to get rid of someone that's not making you happy or a job that makes you unhappy or change a diet that's making you unhappy. Life begins right this second. That's why I love uh, coaching. Because yes. coaching, I always tell uh, to female I work with, I'm not going to do counselling with you. I'm not going to do psychotherapy. I'm not even yeah. qualified to do that. But uh, yeah. but if there is, there is a space for this, right? And it really, if someone has to work things out, like we discussed yes, uh, on the, your podcast, has to go through this uh, trauma unraveling because of the relationships, past experiences, anything, go and do it. But ultimately, you have to create your present moment. You have to create on the brackets your better future. So, um, and I think you have to, um, as you said, accept and enter into the new relationship with this awareness uh, but don't try and, you know, compare it how it was before. It's not easy task. It's not easy. That's why uh, uh, we talked about mental, physical and emotional well-being. So then when you are more clear about what you want, about yourself, who I'm, what I'm standing for today, I, I just I'm 100 percent sure that you're going to make a much better decision on choices of partners. Exactly. That's why a coach can help. They can help you realize what you really want because i think we all know deep down what we really want but do we deserve that that's the difference mm -hmm. and making you realize you do deserve that you do deserve to have the happiness in your life you do deserve to be fit and active have a good relationships have a good job you deserve all that why don't you <laughs> and knowing this and the coach can make you realize that my own coaching style is the same i'm not a therapist i'm not a, a counselor i don't do all that stuff they may be done that themselves anyway i don't tend to focus too much on the past and what's made you who you are and all the mistakes you've made I focus on right now, what can you do now? Can we build you a profile to get you meeting someone on a dating app? Can we get your confidence going? Can we reconnect with people maybe you've lost touch with? All these things are steps you can take right now. And even getting out of the house is the first thing to do. If someone hasn't had a date for 10 years, going on one date is the first step of your new journey. Doing something about that isn't to meet the love of your life straight away, it's being realistic, setting realistic goals and doing something about it. But I think people are generally open-minded about all this and anyone listening to my podcast or your your own podcast they must be open-minded because they're listening to it they're willing to get help they're looking out for help now and if they want help reach out to us because we're just here we would love to do that wouldn't we yes yes 100 uh, that's that's yeah. so powerful james um i've got question how um what are your tips like few tips to create holistic healthy long-term relationship that's a great question what are my tips for that well first of all we mentioned before about the worksheet you have to work out what your values are all the things you're looking for that way you know when you do get that that things are going to happen the second thing is if you're in a relationship you don't stop dating that doesn't stop that people often do it they do the same thing same monotony same routine particularly if we're locked down we're stuck in the same place what do you do you have to organize regular date nights or, or going for walks and doing something different variety, doing things together, always working on your relationship and growing it, not taking each other for granted. The second you do, it's going to be over. It's boring. If you're bored in your relationship, you can bet your partner is too, and they'll start looking for other distractions, shall we say, to get in the way, whatever that might be. <laughs> That's the important thing. And the, the third thing is just to realise that we're not perfect. We're all flawed individuals. We have good things about us and we have bad things about that. And to accept people and be as open-minded and trusting and forgiving as possible. I think conversation is absolutely imperative to any sort of healthy relationship. You've got to have conversations. But you've got to be honest about that. If something's bugging you, let the person know. If you want to do something, don't hold it back. If you've got a secret, just tell them because you're sharing. You are a team. Dating and relationships, they're not a game that you are both playing in order to try and beat each other or try to compete. It is a team. You are there. The prize at the end of this is to be together. That is the prize. You are each other's prize. So embrace it and realize that it's supposed to be fun. If things aren't going well, if things aren't fun in your relationships, you're dating, you're doing something wrong. And maybe it's a chance to rethink that. 
Yes, a hundred percent. When you're talking about team, I always uh, tell to my husband, it's normal that we are having a um, we different we we different people. We've got, you know, still on the level of um, individuality, we still still have little bit different values, right? So the yeah. the goal is to find that common, common ground values. where we can communicate. And um, and that's why we, we talk a lot with my husband, right? And, and that is so powerful. We don't watch TV or go for a, a kind of, I don't know, let's go somewhere to kill the pain, right? Let's now uh, resolve the problem. And I always tell him, think of the Barcelona Football Club because he loves Barcelona, he is Spanish. You know, look, they work together. This is a team. We are on the same side, right? Yeah. Even for a moment, maybe may look like, I'm opposite you, you opposite me, right? It just works both ways, but we are on the same side. And I love what you said about forgiveness. And I think ego and forgive, uh, lack of forgiveness and the rightness, I am right in this, you wrong, uh, searching for the fault in other person that are big killers to also uh, healthy lasting longevity of relationship. They really are. I was doing an interesting meditation yesterday that I'm starting to do with my clients. This is to do with yourself or it's to do with a partner. It's just four lines. I believe this is some sort of Hawaiian meditation. It's just four sentences you can say, either to your partner or to yourself when you're meditating. You say, first of all, I'm sorry. Second one, please forgive me. Third one, I love you. And number four, thank you. That's it. You can start with I love you first of all if you want to. So I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And you repeat that. Because what you're sorry for, you're sorry for the bad times and you're sorry for when you get a bit snappy, but you love them and you're working together. And I was saying this to myself for about 10 minutes over and over again, and it makes you feel really, really empowered by doing that. Just the simple things. You have to realise that you're both going to have bad days. But you mentioned about being, about you're both different people. Of course, different people. You offer value to each other. You're always learning from each your partner. You're always learning from what happens together. Because like I said before, we're winging everything. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. We're just doing the best that we can. You can bring value to each other. And the more time, quality time you spend together, the more memories you're going to curate, happy memories, the more things you have to bond over and the more things you have to look forward to. Always have things to look forward to as well. It doesn't need to be expensive holidays. It can be you, you're going to go for a walk tomorrow. You're going to go for a, a coffee. Just have these things in your diary that are scheduled to make time for your partner. Even if you work together, a lot of people, you work with your husband, so sometimes you might find you get on top of each other and you're always there, always. I work from home. My wife works from home. We're always on top of each other. We bang each other in the kitchen. It's annoying, but we have to realize, you know what? Give each other space and schedule time for each other. It doesn't matter, but it's all an yes. adventure and it's all about having fun. Yes, yes, I agree with you. And uh, for some reason, when you're talking this, uh, these four sentences, um, I think that priest where I was taking the teaching education before marriage because I was married in a Catholic church I think he said very similar sentences there must be something about this and there is so much truth because you are coming up uh, from gratitude yes and you mentioned yeah. also gratitude at the start right and often we're going to come with in this argument way about what's wrong with other person and not that I am grateful that you are uh, next to me. Mm. I think one of my last question, uh, James, is do you think we should struggle in toxic relationships when we kind of feeling through whole our being that, you know, it's just that's it, right? There is no way to work things out. Um, there is a, what is that little thing that tell us this is now I'm out. Uh, it is not too late, not too early. There is no reason or excuse to stay in a toxic relationship or one that makes you unhappy of any type. Because why would you? You're making yourself unhappy, you're making them unhappy. The best thing you can do is set them free to go and meet somebody else, even if it's a friendship that's over. Things don't always last. It just doesn't happen sometimes. Things that People can change. So in that situation, if it's making you ill, you can tell this because your whole frequency will be changed. You'll feel fed up, you'll feel depressed. You can't stand the sight of them. You'll be anxious about whenever you see them. There's no reason to stay with them. The only possible reason you might have to stay with them to some extent is if you have children with them or a business. And in that case, you work it out on a friends only level. At some point, you were friends with that person. You have to go back to that. And it can take time. 
maybe even if you do move them move on to someone else and go into a new relationship that person might still be part of your life at family dues or christmases things like that you have to accept that but by distancing yourself in in the long term and for the majority of your time you are freeing yourself up to get to know you again because what we lose in toxic relationships is our sense of self our self-love our self-awareness and who we really are because we think we need to rely on somebody else for our own happiness and that isn't the case stop doing that and set them free because they're obviously as unhappy as you are and if you've done all you can to work on it and it's not working always give it a chance absolutely try and have a conversation try and get help with that because there could be something quite small you could fix but if you are at that stage where you think do i have to stay with this person the answer is no even financially if you have to stay with someone because you live with them then get separate rooms do whatever you can move out but take some action and get a plan together to do that in the same way you get a plan to go and meet someone new put a plan together together to get rid of them almost or, or to just to change next in the next chapter of your life and i guarantee you'll feel so much better once it's done i uh, i'm just coming uh, another thing right, from curiosity it is more um men or female based on your statistics that would be moving out they would be making this brave decisions because that is brave decision I'm admitting that that does not work for me anymore, right? Yeah. And I think you have to take responsibility on yourself, yes. become vulnerable, as you said, instead waiting until the, someone else does it, mm -hmm. if, if you want to move out. So it's a very brave decision. What are the statistics here? How men and women behave? It's mainly women that are the ones to make that decision. Probably 70% of the time it's women and 30% men. That's roughly what the stats are. Often men will have enough, they're going to move out. It's easier for a man to move out if you've got kids than women, because women like to stay with the children, and they normally have the family home. So men tend to move out, go and stay with a friend. It tends to be the men that do that. But women are the ones that are encouraging to do that and giving them a bit of a push. Because men will often stay. Men are a bit more relaxed on these things. I'm not particularly happy, but I'm getting my food cooked for me. I'm getting my, my clothes ironed. Women, okay, the man's paying the bills sometimes, not always now, of course. But they think I still rely on that money. But then... I can still get the money if he moves out, so it doesn't matter. So I think quite often it's women. And the other reason for that, the biggest reason for that, is women have a bigger social circle in general. They've got close friends that they're talking to about their problems and their concerns. Men don't tend to have that. Men only have, a, have less or even do fewer feet of, uh, close friends. So they, And they even tell them their problems. Why would they tell them their problems? It's a sign of weakness, isn't it? Women will talk to their friends, and their friends will get together and say, give him a push, get rid of him. And that is why it tends to be more women that give the men the push than the other way around. And this mm -hmm. is an abusive relationship, which does happen both ways. And in that case, the men can decide to leave. I had enough of it. But really, it's about 70% women that make the first decision and 30% men. Uh, you see, that is just giving me another uh, uh, vision here, how my work is needed. Because my work is about empowering women to getting back their feminine potential, right? And mm -hmm. finding that balance between masculine and feminine energy so actually they can make those decisions mm -hmm. right i i don't come up from any blaming idea here right or men or women doesn't matter right but uh, if that they can't go out from this but as you said they have those limits that are stopping them and um, mm, it's, it's very powerful just give me another inspiration here james you know <laughs> to empower women right physically mentally emotional that they can say listen i found a job and maybe that is also the reason that so many businesses nowadays are open by women yes but also what starts saying that uh, white women are less to open the uh, the business than uh, color women really? and because they're very comfortable Right. in a situation when they are having like a job that is paid maybe also sitting in a relationship with a man and maybe being in an abusive relationship but they are afraid to move out right they're very very tough topics uh, to discuss that we are just uh, moving right but very interesting yeah. statistics yeah. actually and also it could be the same for anything anything in life mm. you're afraid to move on from I, I spoke to someone the other day and she wants to be a coach do some of the things that i do and i was speaking to her she's an amazing woman very strong very clever and she wants to leave her job and she wants to go on and do all these things but her job is so well paid and she feels so financially stable she's just scared to move on from it which is the same thing maybe you've got a good life you've got a partner who's you know, everything's all stable apart from the happiness but if the second that you start finding things to be a chore or unhappy or you're miserable that is the time to get out money isn't the most important thing in life 
which is why I tell people, if you're looking to join an agency, for example, get coaching, spend the money on it now. You can always make money in the future. What's more important is your emotional well-being and it makes sure you're happy in yourself or with a partner, whatever you're looking for in life. If you want to have kids, then there's only a certain amount of time for women to do that. So get on with it, take some action. And many calls I get are women saying that to me. So well, I'm not sure what to do and I want to have kids, but I want to find a partner. What are you doing about it? <laughs> just take some action now. If you want to leave your job, just do it. But don't do it immediately. Don't do anything immediately. Don't leave your partner immediately. Try and work on it. Put a plan together about how you're going to move on from your job, how you're going to move on to something else. Make sure you've got a support group or something looking after you. Otherwise, it can be very scary. But a coach can help with all these things. There are career coaches. There are health coaches. There are dating coaches out there. There's a coach for pretty much everything out there. Hula hooping coach I read the other day. <laughs> if you want to learn to do that. Juggling coaches, they exist. <laughs> Booming, making a lot of money right now. Anything at all. So there's always Beautiful. a coach for everything. Uh, James, uh, tell uh, our audience, my audience as well, how people can find you. Sure. Well, there's two ways you can do that. On Instagram, my handle is James Priest Coach. Lots of motivational tips and more and more coming on there now. And the other way, the main way you can do that is on my website, which is www.jamespriest.com. And if you go on there on my newsletter page, you can get a free book called My Soulmate is Waiting. And that's all about the law of attraction. It's a free book I give away to people just to try and help you realize law of attraction, positivity, and you can call in the ideal partner of your dreams. I, I do believe in the law of attraction. I think that's why we uh, managed to uh, have this podcast and um, yeah. it's very powerful. And I, again, we discussed a little bit of this aura uh, on a love machine podcast and it is important and there is some something around this and you have so many years of experience 17 years of experience so you know you don't need another research book or research study or a peer review study you know the same like me because we see what actually works in clinical practice exactly we're hands-on every single day so we know what happens and we know what our knowledge and our years of experience but it's been so good to talk to you today Fun. I know this will be doing many more things together. I know it's going to happen. Like yes, uh, you know, as I said, law of attraction. You never know why you're meeting at the time when you have to meet. And I always uh, say, uh, there is someone for you. You know what I mean? But the problem is when we are walking with eyes closed, our heart closed, with our ears not hearing, with our senses off, we don't see it. And we're walking like, you know, numb. So what I wanted to achieve through this conversation with you, uh, James, uh, taking the numbness off, as you said, becoming vulnerable, op vulnerable, opening your heart, uh, opening all the senses, because there is someone who is vibrating towards you. And James talked about law attraction. I talk about law attraction and uh, there is someone for you 100%. Thank you so much, James, once again for joining Impact Wellness Podcast. Thank you, everyone. And yes, contact James if uh, you feel there is a need for you to become a love machine. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. And I hope the transformation in you just started. Remember, be the change you want to see in others. All starts within you. Take care.